0: welcome welcome my friends to the beggars and brawlers podcast this is episode number 14 recorded april 2nd of 2021 and i find myself sitting here asking this question i never wanted to but that maybe i have to from now on which is is this book racist Alright, so just listen to this review that I got. It's been a couple years now, but it's stuck with me. I also found the constant reinforcing of light hair equals good, dark hair equals bad to be, well, racist, really, especially as there's a side of white savior thrown in as Ella specifically travels all this way to learn from the quaint natives, discovers how bad things are, and sets about trying to save them. Um, so that's a review of beggars rebellion that I got as part of the self-published fantasy blog off that big indie fantasy contest. I was in a couple years ago. Um, that reviewer gave me a two out of 10, (laughs) not surprising given what she said there. And it's really hard to get a review like this because I wanted to write about race. I didn't want to have a world that ignored this because I think It's human nature to divide people and to see some as outsiders and others as insiders, and one of the ways to do that is appearance. So I wanted to write about that, but at the same time, I don't want people thinking that I'm racist, and that's not what she said. She said that the book is racist, but it feels bad. I didn't argue with her, I didn't respond publicly, maybe that's what I'm doing now. In my perception, I think that only light hairs in the book think that light hairs equals good, and that the character Ella is recruited by dark hairs, whereas the only person she's trying to save is herself. But that's just my view on it, and art is subjective. Everyone will read it and have their own experience and their own opinions. It's not something I think you can really argue about, or at least not an argument I want to get into. But it is something I have to think about as an author, because... People are going to read it. And if I write about difficult topics, people are going to think that I did it badly. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't do it perfectly. So it's a tricky thing for me. I don't want to turn readers off. Um, And they will be if they find topics in there that make them uncomfortable or even just reading reviews of people who said that it made them uncomfortable. I had a reader who's a dear friend and been a great reviewer of my books tell me this week that uh, he couldn't get through Daughter of Flood and Fury because it deals with gender topics and it just made him uncomfortable. And I myself was looking at this Sword and Sorcery magazine that comes out and getting really excited because as you may know, I wrote Conan fan fiction back in the day and I love Sword and Sorcery. That's That was one of my entries to the fantasy genre. And I was super excited, and I was reading it, and I was like, wow, this reads like classic Robert E. Howard, and dang, they don't depict women well. I mean, in the first story, there was one woman who wasn't naked the whole time, and the rest of them got raped, basically, and it was just very casual about it, and I had to think hard about, one, I know that I'm not going to write that story, or write women like that in my story, but two... Do I want my story to be in a publication like that? Um, (laughs) And I decided not to. So, you know, I'm on the other side of this, too, and feeling uncomfortable about things and having my way that I want my fiction to be. So as an author, I feel like I'm faced with a choice. I can write the things that I want to write and accept that some people are not going to be into it. Or I can write safe. I could write this sort of fluffy, doesn't touch on the darker parts of humanity, everybody's ultimately happy or at least we skirt around the unhappy parts and try to appeal to as many people as possible you probably already know what i'm going to say (laughs) but i don't think i could do that at least i don't think i could do it well um, because my heart wouldn't be in it i'm not writing fiction to preach i don't have an opinion that i want to get across but i do want to write it to explore what it's like to be human and i love fantasy because It's this opportunity to write about humans in a made-up world with a made-up culture, made-up language, all of these things that are different than the human societies that we live in, so we can imagine it in a different context. And to be fair, I think that that reader had a point when I made up this world of the Empire of Resonance. I made up a racial divide that still had dark and light as the terms. And I've talked with other authors since then. And and I think this was a failure of imagination on my part, partially due to (laughs) Brandon Sanderson having dark and light eyes in his uh, Stormlight Archive um, (laughs) and me being just a little bit heavily influenced by him when I was writing this series. But I don't think that I will do that again because it's too close to the way that racism plays out in a lot of human societies on earth. Um, And so we end up bringing in our thoughts and feelings on it, whatever they are. Um, And that colors how we see what's happening in the book. Whereas I would love it to just be this separate context and you just see the thing for what it is versus what we've been told or, you know, like where you fall in that divide. I think fantasy has a, a special power and science fiction, depending on what kind it is to get us beyond our preconceived notions. And I don't think I did that well in that series. So that's a failing of mine, but I don't think that I can pull back from writing those kind of things from exploring gender in Daughter of Flood and Fury and uh, book two, which hasn't come out yet, but you'll find out (laughs) that it explores materialism quite a bit. And my other books get into these topics. They just come up because human societies are messy and we do mean things to each other and we think in terms of inside and outside and we exclude people and I don't think I can write real characters without writing those things and I want to write them well and you know I think that's a constant challenge but in thinking about not writing that way I don't think I can do it so on the other side I just have to accept that people are going to call my books racist and that that feels like they're calling me racist when (laughs) I don't think of myself that way let's put it that way so it's messy i'm just putting my creative baby out there in the world it's the best that i can make it and sometimes people are going to say that it's not good enough that's hard for sure and the business brain of mine says just write some fluff don't offend anyone give them a quick little bit of entertainment and call it good i don't think i can do that i don't think that i would enjoy this if i did that so i have to look at it after I'm done writing the book and say, is this racist? Is this sexist? Is this classist? Is this ageist? Are my own prejudices coming out? Things I don't even know about in the writing, because I think that's what was happening in that sword and sorcery magazine is just, that was the fiction they'd read. They'd never really questioned it. And they wrote it because they thought that's what fiction should be, or that's the kind of fiction they liked. And I discovered that while I was into that stuff in my unreflective high school days, I'm not anymore, and it's too bad because the rest of the story is great, and that's feedback that I got from that reader who put Daughter of Flood and Fury down, too. He's like, I love the story and the world and the characters. It was just the topics made me uncomfortable. So, anyways, it's a messy topic, and I'd love to hear what you think because you... I assume, (laughs) are my readership. You've read these books, so apparently they didn't turn you off because you're still listening to my podcast. So I wonder what you think about it. Um, There's a link in the show notes to drop me an email about it. I would love to hear from you and help me sort it out, especially if you've read Beggar's Rebellion, if you thought that the way that I did it was racist, Um, and even more so, Popper's Empire, which uh, comes out or may have already come out by the time you hear this, March 30th. Um in audiobook as well as ebook, they're coming out at the same time, which is awesome. And it really gets into race. At least race as it exists in that universe. So, I'm really curious what uh you think of it. I wonder if that reviewer read it what she would think of it if she would improve her opinion of me or just, you know, like throw me in the trash can. But anyway, a little progress update, I guess. Like I said, Popper's Empire is coming out right now basically. Um and there'll be links to that in the show notes. Don't forget the hack that I shared with you last time. I assume that it's going to work this time too. If you buy the ebook first, I think this one's $2.99. My publisher's doing it. That audiobook is going to go from $20 to like $8. So you can get both of them for 11 instead of $20. So that's kind of a cool half off thing. And you get an ebook in the mix so you can look at the maps. Um, and like I said, TJ Clark does a great job of narrating them. So you should check that out. For the series that I'm actively writing right now, I'm planning Tidecaller 3. I'd say I'm about 65% of the way through that, um, which is the extreme messy charts and graphs phase. <laughs> but it's, it's coming together. I have, uh, in the process of looking through, wading through all these things and trying to figure out what to do, I've come up with a lot of ideas that I really like. So I think this is going to be another good one. I basically just have to keep planning a book until I find something that really gets me excited and then I build everything around that and see how can I make this part that I think is cool the biggest part of this story. So I found a couple of those and it's been really fun basically rearranging the story I had built built up to then and saying now how can I make it like highlight these cool things there's some treachery there's some politics there's some co-opting there's like characters with massive secrets that come out in dangerous ways (laughs) no spoilers but I'm excited about it um I'm gonna have to stop planning it for a minute here because my edits on book two are almost back and then I'm gonna drop everything so I can revise it polish it up and put it on pre-order and record that audiobook so you guys can get it it's gonna be me doing it um so hopefully you're okay with that apparently you like my voice enough to listen to this so there'll be more of it although i'll be in my very serious narrator's voice when i'm reading it i'm hoping to put the books up for april 26th for a release on that one the audiobook on audible anyway will probably come out later but i think i'm going to publish it a different way to get it to you sooner if you're excited about it and it'll also probably be a lot cheaper and still make me more money because of a lot of stuff having to do with Audible, but let's not get into that. My own reading in the last couple weeks has been The Price of Spring by Daniel Abraham. It's the last book in the Long Price Quartet, and I have been saving this book because I adored the first three, and the fourth is no different. It's just... Whew, I mean, so he's getting into some seriously feminist topics in this one, and he's just doing this bang-up, nuanced wonderful dramatic job of it these books are not like hack and slash at all like there's not a lot of action in them per se but just like so poignant and i don't know they're just brilliant i'm not even gonna gush on it i'm writing an article for fantasy review that's gonna be me gushing on it and arguing why everyone needs to read these so i'll just post a link when i do it i'll say it better there than i can extemporaneously here um so with that i think i need to get back to the plans Tidecaller 3, Queen of Blood and Blasphemy, uh, is going to be a banger, (laughs) I think. Like I said, I'm enjoying the process a lot. So in the meantime, I hope that this podcast finds you well and seeing the light at the end of our long pandemic journey with a few good books to help you along the way. If you need another one, you cannot go wrong with the Long Price Quartet. Just going to throw a free plug in there. (laughs) Daniel Abraham did not tell me to say that. I just love them. And I hope to bring you another book that you love that I write. I'm doing my best. Maybe they're racist. <laughs> Read on and find out, my friends. Till next time. For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tide Collar Chronicles, please visit www.levijacobs.com. Or for a free audiobook, only available to podcast listeners, go to www.levijacobs.com/free. Thanks for listening, and read on.